Hey man. Hello. I'm Emily. I'm Claire. And we're both liars and this is Emily and Claire. Yay. Okay, not yay because actually Claire, you want to know something? Mm. In all my years of watching season two of Glee, and only <laughs> season two of Glee, I have never come across an episode that annoyed me start to finish. Are you serious? Yes. Even and this is the watch... one that did it for you? Yes, because even when we had to watch grilled cheeses, like, at least it had some funny scenes with the grilled cheeses. This is nothing. That is... Disagree. Hard disagree. Maybe it's because I also don't really like April Rhodes that much, but there are just like no redeeming qualities of this episode. Maybe Terry Schuster was the redeeming quality, but she wasn't even in it that much. And again, hard disagree. We'll get well, into let's it. Let's just get into it, shall we? Mm. So the episode that we watched this week is episode 19 of season two titled Rumors. In this episode, Brittany's new internet talk show spreads like wildfire around the school. April returns to McKinley High after an unsuccessful attempt on Broadway. Once again, the synopsis, it's a little misleading, and we'll get into it. So, the episode starts off with Fondue for Two, which, love to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and... So her Brittany has a talk show called Fondue for Two, and she has uh, Tina and Mercedes on as her first guests, and they just start gossiping, right? But then Brittany says, oh, I hear that Santana plays for the other team. Instantly, Mercedes and Tina are like, what the fuck? Is that true? And Brittany's like, yep. And then shenanigans ensue. As per usual. Just a couple small comments about fondue for two. Yes. <laughs> I really, really like this concept of, like, a few high school girls, like, randomly making this web show, and it's just, like, a hot mess from start to finish. Nothing about it makes sense. Tina comes in being like, wait, isn't it fondue for three? And she's like, no. And then, like, the questions, they just kind of disappear because Mercedes like, oh, my God, this is so hot. Like, ugh, I don't even like fondue. Nobody's talking to anyone. It's a hot mess. And then Brittany's like, okay, and we're out of time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that is what happens in high school. People just nah, make things and they don't make sense. But honestly... Like, in this episode, Fondue for Two doesn't really play that big of a role in the rumor mill. Like, it's only kind of the Santana thing. Um, Because afterwards, what happens is that Terry Schuster comes back into this episode along with Sue, and they devise a plan to get rid of the Glee Club and Will, where Terry invites back April Rhodes to kind of, like, tempt Will into going to Broadway with her while Sue uh, revives the Muckraker, which is the school's newspaper, and they just publish insane <laughs> rumors. So I think the newspaper is more like a big factor. For sure. Sue is like going hard. Also, can I just say that it's so, so funny that their school newspaper is called the Muckraker. That is, just... is that like a reference or something? I mean, like, Muckrakers are, are people who like uncover dirty stories, like journalists who like Ah, expose, you know, so like the school newspaper, like it might as well literally be called like the rumor mill or like digging up dirt or something like so. She even says she's like, 
Oh, the muckraker's motto? If I heard it, it's probably true or something. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. I think that a big focus of this episode is kind of like building into uh, like previous plot points. Again, Mr. Shu wanting to go to Broadway. Mm -hmm. That's like something the show always brings up. And there's like the love triangle with... uh, Quinn, Finn, and Rachel. Oh, I thought you were going to say Emma, Will, and Terry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, there kind of is a love triangle because there's like Terry, Sue, and April, but then also um, more like a love square. And Wait, why'd you say Sue? Did I say Sue? Terry, Oops. Sue, and April? Oh, Terry. But yeah, it is a square because April <laughs> does come back. Yeah, and here's the thing. I'm kind of glad that this episode doesn't spend too much time on the April and Will thing and then have Emma get, like, jealous because I care zero amount about that. But I guess that's, like, the same with the other love triangle with, like, Quinn, Finn, and Rachel. I care so little. Yeah, I I literally care, like, a negative amount. I'm like, show me something else. I'd prefer not to see it. Um... Speaking of, like, this whatever, Will, Terry, Emma, April, all these players, I, it it wasn't very clear to me, actually, that Terry was the one who brought April in. (laughs) Yeah, they don't really talk about that until they have, like, a margarita party, and, Uh, yeah. And she, like, showed up, and he's like, April, oh my god, nice to see you. I'm like, oh my god, that's random. What a coincidence. It's so funny, though. When she comes in, she's like, oh, yeah, my all-white production of The Wiz failed. Oh, silly. I'm like, girl, obviously. But then (laughs) it makes me think about, like, how in our hometown they put on an all-white production of The Wiz. Yes, because our hometown is all-white and East Asian. It's so, like, oh, my God. I think it's so funny when I see things on Twitter where it's like, oh, what's, like, the worst thing your theater department did in high school? And someone was like, we put on, like, an all-white version of In the Heights. Or, like, oh, we put no. on a hairspray, but there was only one black person. And, oh, like, no. stuff like that. <laughs> like, Don't do that. <laughs> That's shocking. Like, what even was the conflict then? I know. It's like, okay... I mean, you could put on In the Heights, or you could do Into the Woods or something yeah. where it's like, you know, I, it's so funny. Anyway, back to Glee. Um, the April Rhodes thing with Will, it's like so confusing because April's like, I want to do my own Broadway show called the April Rhodes Show, and Will, I want you to first write me some songs for it, and then later she's like, oh, why don't you come with me? We can take this all the way. And, you know, I kind of like Broadway. I'm into musical theater. I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) You don't go straight to Broadway. (laughs) Yeah. If that was the case, everyone would have a successful Broadway run. But no, off-Broadway exists. There's workshops. Hell, if you watch Smash, you know that it's not easy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Smash, the documentary, the history book on musical theater. Yes! The show that was so bad, it only had two seasons. Why? It was so good the first season. Mm, Anyway, this is not a podcast about Smash. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like pretty silly. Um, 
I don't know. Like, it does kind of make the whole plot fall apart, but I'm willing to just like, eh, okay, whatever. You, this is how you think Broadway works? Sure, 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 sure. Whatever, fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I think like it's possible that people will be like, oh, how could she just come in and be like, well, I want you to something, something. And like, she's she couldn't really mean that, could she? Blah, blah, blah. But I feel like the whole kind of whirlwind, not thought through, doesn't really make sense, also bad idea and objectively not that good thing plays very well into April Rhodes' character. And I think Kristen Chenoweth does a great job with the role. I feel like she's really just kind of like chilling and having fun playing April. And I'm pretty on board with it. But the thing that's, like, a little infuriating about this plot line is that, I mean, I already mentioned it, this plot about Mr. Shu wanting to be a Broadway star, it's not, like, unheard of. In season one, there's that conflict with Neil Patrick Harris where they're going out for the same role. Um, when we watched the New York episode, I mm-hmm. even think he has, like, a solo where he's like, oh, this is the stage. Mm-hmm here i am you like you know um <laughs> this is a stage i'm standing <laughs> on it yeah and then but the thing is is that he obviously chooses the glee club over broadway and in my opinion that is the correct choice but the show does this weird thing where it's like oh is it the right choice because you find out that april rhodes her broadway musical is insanely successful and then like the guy who like was playing the part that Mr. Shu was originally supposed to play. He gets like nominated for a Tony and they're what? like, "Do you feel bad about this Mr. Shu?" and Do he's just that? like, "No." <laughs> and it's like like I don't understand. Like are we forever supposed to be like, "Oh, could have been him." Like when will the show just be like, "Yeah, you know what? That was one of his dreams, but that's past and now he really loves what he's doing." I think that I just don't believe that to be true about will at this point in time like you saying he obviously chooses the glee club it it does feel like he's forcing himself into like well it's too late my time has passed and i've already like started this commitment so i have to follow it through or like well maybe i wouldn't be good enough so you know what like i'll just stick to what i know i'm good at and like pass on my dream to the next kid or something like that like I don't think it feels like a very measured and secure decision of him like that was my dream but now it's passed like I really feel like he's still clinging on to like it it, it, it could it could be me it could be me so I see why they did what they did but I wish that they had done it a little differently like the way they wrote it feels bleh And I'm like, if you really, really knew your character inside and out and you really wanted to dig into him, I think you could have written it like just a little bit better and it would have taken it that like extra mile. Mm Because he has this part where he's like, I can't, I can't, the kids, the kids, I can't go, the kids, I can't, the kids, I can't, I can't go. And then at the very end, he's like, but I really want to. And then the scene kind of ends. I think something as simple as switching around the order of that, like, God, I want to go so bad. Like, I thought that I had laid this dream to rest, but maybe it's still there and I didn't know it was still possible. And like, God, I want to so bad. But obviously I will not do that because I have a commitment to these kids, blah, 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 blah. Like, switching the order of those two statements, I think, 
would have made the monologue better, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm, uh, I think my issue... Because, like, what you're saying makes sense, right? Mm. I I guess it when you say it that way, I'm like, okay, I guess that kind of is his character. But I, I just think it's, like, annoying. Because yeah. <laughs> I personally don't know mr shoot okay that's like such a stupid statement but i don't know mr shoot right i don't know whose character i just know him as like the teacher so like i'm supposed to believe that this is like a big dream of his in high school but then also in high school he was like the golden boy who was dating the head cheerleader Mm -hmm. and then i'm kind of like like i don't know is he troy bolton like he thinks he can do it all like they they don't really give us a lot of substance to work with so when he's saying all this shit like i don't really believe him and i'm just like dude just be a teacher like who fucking cares right i think that what you're saying about like oh you know he's still kind of like clinging on to hope and like all that kind of thing yeah it falls short for that reason whereas um in season like four and onward where they kind of focus about on the graduated characters i think that they kind of try to do the same thing with finn where oh he wanted to go play football actually he went to the army oh Mm. what about acting oh but now he's the glee teacher Mm. and i think that they do the push and pull better with finn because Mm. i've known him in high school and Mm. now he's transitioning to adulthood so it makes sense for me because i'm like oh but he was so good in glee club he was like big fish small pond but now Mm -hmm. he's in big pond and he's just a small fish and right i i don't know i have issues with um how they do the storyline and the fact that they focus on it for like half of the episode makes me angry (laughs) i do think though there's potential to make us believe something about a character that like we don't see on screen like they could tell us the history of will schuster and have us believe it but they just don't do it well enough i've been trying to think about my comment like why do i think that simply switching the order would make that monologue better and actually i think it's because it's not actually the switching the order thing but i think him saying so much like the kids 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 okay but i really want to go that sounds so not truthful to me It sounds like he's trying to convince himself when I feel like the purpose of the scene is to show us like, no, Will really wants to go, but he also has to face the reality of the situation. So I wish that the conversation he has like with himself or is he talking to Emma at that point? Like with Emma? Yeah, he's talking to Emma in the teacher's lounge. I wish it were like, it felt very, very truthful because then maybe I would understand his history better or believe his history better and like how it's affecting his current moment interesting anyways anyways so (laughs) that's enough of that i really don't care about will schuster but so when he's talking to april rhodes he kind of like talked about how he's concerned about the team you know basically what's happening is that sue's muckraker has already started publishing some nasty rumors and one of the big ones is that sam and quinn are cheating together and it starts a, a lot of drama in the glee club and will's like oh like what what do i do and april's like wow that reminds me of fleetwood mac and he's like fleetwood mac genius she goes sounds like you got a case of the mac <laughs> and then basically he's like wow i've been wanting to do an assignment on a single album so let's do God, it he's so annoying he's so <laughs> annoying in that moment i was like you were the most annoying man alive 
Can you do anything by yourself? Do you think about anything? <clears throat> so annoying. He has no independent thoughts. <coughs> but yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna assign the album Rumors because it's kind of about the same thing. But then he doesn't really apply it to the situation. He's just like, okay, this album, take a song, sing it. And I'm like, that's that's the always, assignment? Always doing that shit. Like, maybe he's like he could so easily be like this song from rumors here's the history behind it here's what was happening in their group it led to some great music um they were able to work together in this capacity at least how can we apply it to our situation can we understand ourselves better can we understand each other better and moving forward from that can we make great music together even if we don't get along all the time that's such it's such low-hanging fruit that's all he has to ask no. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, everyone, sing a song. Peace. He does give a brief history of the album, but it's basically the history that I think everyone knows because of how famous Fleetwood Mac is. Like, he's like, yeah, everyone was breaking up and the band was about to fall apart, but this album kind of brought them together. And it's like, we all know that. Like, I feel like him as a teacher... um, Okay, what I would have preferred personally mm-hmm. is, like, instead of just talking about, like, the history and being like, oh, can we try working together? Maybe do some sort of, like, team assignment where it's, like, boys versus girls, right? So, like, Finn has to work together with Sam, who he doesn't like that much at the moment, and Quinn has to work together with Rachel, and maybe it'll be cool. Or, like, something, like, of that nature. But instead... I don't know, the kids just kind of work it out themselves? But not really, because the resolution is Sam has to, like, share this deep, dark secret of his. Yeah. I I had that thought when Artie, I think, goes up to Brittany in the hallway. I was like, oh, okay, so this is all just going to happen outside of class, and the kids are finally going to have to just take it upon themselves and just work it out themselves. And if they can't do that, then F them. Like, okay. So annoying. So annoying. And honestly... Okay, I don't really know much about Fleetwood Mac. I same. Like, okay, all of like my white friends, they'd be like, "What? You know this famous group?" And I'm like, "No, my parents are Asian. <laughs> like, I didn't grow up listening to the Beatles. I'm sorry." Um, and I think that it really shows in this episode because usually I'll like know a couple of songs, you know. I knew one song, and it's because it went viral on TikTok. Uh, well, there are definitely <laughs> some songs that I that I'd heard before, but like the history and stuff of Fleetwood Mac, or like the role that they might have had in American pop culture, I just no clue. I yeah, I was just like okay, and they all seem to know so much. Like yeah, every single time they sing a song, they're like, oh, this is like when this happened. And yeah, like, I know. What? It seemed like. <laughs> so assumed that we would know because there was so little explanation on the screen that i was like okay okay wait hold on before we start getting into the fleetwood mac songs and all these different conflicts um a couple minutes ago we were talking about like april and will and how april basically was the one who designed this lesson which happens every single episode someone who's not will designs the lesson then he takes it and does absolutely nothing with it but in that conversation that april and will were having in will's house I just thought, like, Kristen Chenoweth must be having just a ball. A fun time. She's just here to chill out and do whatever the fuck she wants with this character. Like, 
the line where he's like, April, I thought you were going to make dinner. And she like only brings wine. That's like so troll. And then he's like talking. And I guess like his only love is the Glee Club. Because like she's like putting her face really, really close to him. Basically being like, okay, I'm ready to kiss you now. And he just like, is like the Glee Club and like blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, eh, whatever. And then she like pours herself some more wine. And she's just like acting silly the whole time. So enjoyable to watch. I think that's mostly why I like April because it's yeah, like I was gonna- <laughs> Kristen just settling into this like whack role. But if if I felt uh, if I didn't have this feeling that I was watching a master class, then maybe I wouldn't like April as much. I don't know about a master class. I think she's just dicking around because Glee <laughs> has no consequences and she can act as crazy as she wants. <sighs> I think. Okay, so as I said. In the beginning of the episode, I don't really like April Rhodes that much. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, the reason why I don't like her that much is because she's attracted to Will Schuster. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. But it's not just Will. It's probably anything that moves. Like, isn't that the point? No, 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 no. So this is, here, I'll, I'll get into it. So when April Rhodes first comes onto Glee, Will gives this like huge backstory about how they were in the same Glee club and she was kind of like the star. Yeah, she's kind of like the Rachel Berry, you know, but like less insufferable. And he was just like, oh, she's so cool. She's a year older than me. I wish I could talk to her, but he never did. And then now as an adult, she's like an alcoholic and obviously not doing so hot whereas he's very financially secure and stuff like that and it's like this weird i guess like um what's the word it's kind of like this weird mirage shattering moment where he's like oh like this is who you are like Mm -hmm. what like what happened to the april back then yeah and then it's so messy like she comes into the glee club she gets the kids drunk Mm -hmm. he kind of like isn't firm with her because he still has feelings for her Mm -hmm. i think they even like kiss or Mm -hmm. like they sleep together something weird like that and then it's just like this weird dynamic and i really don't like it and i think i've talked about this on another episode where it's like why are all these women just throwing themselves at will and why is it always like he has to take care of them yeah and i think that's why I don't really like her character because it just feels like she was put there to be like, oh, like, Will, you actually came out on top or something weird like that. Uh, That's interesting because I feel like what I like about April is that Will keeps trying to save her. He keeps trying to come in and be the good guy and be like, oh, April. Like, your heyday has passed, but it's okay. Like, something, something. But she does not give a fuck like she's like oh i don't know this is probably bad but like i don't really care and to me it seems like she sort of like slips through his fingers he's like let me save you and she's like okay like if you want to but like i don't really care and then kind of like woo, like wriggles away (laughs) and so i feel like there's some part of will that must be like frustrated like oh like if only she would see the light like something something and like that's kind of satisfying to me that like he thinks like oh like one day she'll settle down but she's like no i know exactly what i'm doing and i do not care peace peace well i don't know about that because like there's so many episodes where she comes back there's this episode the other two in season one 
Um, and okay, she, you know what it is? She gives off the same energy as like Holly Holiday, where Holly was like, oh, I can't date nice guys like you. Like, I'll just ruin you. <laughs> and even in this episode, April's like, you're such a good teacher, Will. Like, I know. You're such a nice guy. And like, she dude, said okay. as she was planning his lesson. Yeah. And here's the thing I think that the reason why. I don't know. I think we see things differently is that in my opinion, Ryan Murphy, Brad Falchuk, the other guy whose name I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think they understand how to write women. Like, it's so obvious to me that whenever they try to write a girl who's like not like other girls, it's like this weird femme fatale character like Holly Holiday where she's just like a man eater kind of. And then there's also like April Rhodes where she just like sleeps with everyone. I think she even like dated a billionaire or something. And that's why Will has an auditorium. And but it's like it's like all these characters, you know, we're, we're supposed to believe that they don't give a fuck. Like they just eat men up and spit them out. But then Will Schuster comes along and suddenly they're like, oh but will like you're a nice guy and i like you but i'm not gonna like put you through that and it's it's okay like Like, i can be who i am and you can be who you are i'm like shut up it's like so true that's such a good read makes me mad because it's like so obvious that all women in their minds are either emma pillsbury or holly holiday (laughs) oh no (laughs) or rachel berry (laughs) (laughs) don't don't bring up rachel yeah your point is acknowledged thank you i come out of this still liking april but i do have a new dimension to this i know that she's popular and that's why they keep bringing her back but i can only enjoy her when she's singing (laughs) and not with will schuster because when they sang dreams i was just like why does Will Schuster have too many buttons unbuttoned? <laughs> yeah, that was nasty. When they ended the song and they were like looking at each other and he was like, oh my God, I'm still in the choir room. Ooh, have to like snap out of it. I was like, gross, don't do that. <laughs> like you're stupid. I but I really you. enjoyed the number. Yeah. <laughs> when she was singing, I was like, ooh, TikTok song. <laughs> and then he joined in and i was like okay good supporting vocals don't care about you mm-hmm. um but actually this is like it pains me to say it but when no. they were singing their stupid ass number in the auditorium with the worst lyrics ever weird costuming weird blocking weird that emma is there watching it i will say I think Matthew Morrison's voice no, really, don't say it. like, just opened up. Like, if I had no clue who the fuck he was and I went to a show and he was playing, I don't know, like, the male lead and sang like that, I would come out of the show being like, wow, that guy was such a good singer. I'm, like, taking in this information, but I refuse to accept it. <laughs> That's fine. You just let it hang there in the universe. Here's the thing, I I do agree that, like, he sounded good, but he does this weird thing. Mm. Mm. Okay, so, you know, in Dreams, when they're singing it together, it's kind of close, right? Versus Mm -hmm. when they're doing the Broadway thing, the camera's far away because it's from Emma's perspective. Yeah. When it's too close to Will Schuster's face, it's so obvious that he thinks he's killing it. 
and he thinks he's like got so much sex appeal so yes. i think that's what turns me off <laughs> yeah yeah so that's why i don't like will schuster singing i mean i'll, I'll admit it matthew morrison you kind of have a nice voice but not good enough <laughs> yeah yeah and also the lyrics were like so nasty i was like this is the stupidest song i've ever heard and then april finishes and i was like that's really good will you wrote like, that i'm like april what? <laughs> you're gonna take out the broadway i must look away okay so speaking of like musical performances in this number i think that most of them were a little strange not because the songs were necessarily bad but like the way that it played out in like the context of the episode mm-hmm. because with the santana Brittany, and artie storyline so Brittany reveals santana plays for the other team it turns into this big thing and artie's like Brittany, like she's manipulating you how can you be so stupid Brittany walks away crying and instantly a trio of guitarists appear before Artie <laughs> and he starts singing Never Going Back Again. That's the name of the song. And I was just like, I mean, it sounds good, but are we just going to ignore what happened previously? Yeah, I thought that that's, that scene was great. Like that moment of him being like, oh, Brittany, you're so stupid. And she's like, you're the only one in the school who never called me that and is like obviously really hurt by it first of all great mm-hmm. performance by heather i was like i know such very... great cry face yeah and like you could see the comment like hit her and it like the last episode we watched was like her shirt said i'm with stupid you know mm-hmm. that was a great scene and then see like this was a moment where i was like is it because i don't know about fleetwood mac like was this song known for something? Is it tied to some sort of specific conflict? Is it like the lyrics in the song that I'm supposed to know and like pay attention to? Because basically I experienced the world through vibes and vibes only. And yes. the vibe of that song and then the vibe of what had just happened between Britney and Artie, not compatible, not compatible. I was like, oh, I mean, Kevin McHale, you sound really good good and i like the acoustic guitars but just nothing (laughs) we're not even gonna talk about it and then i guess that was like their breakup which i don't really get i thought (laughs) it was a fight but Brittany's like santana now that artie and i are broken up and i was like what yeah but yeah so santana goes to comfort Brittany. And then she's like, oh, I found a song that communicates my feelings for you even, like, better than Landslide did. And I was like, well, the bar bar. is at the ground, (laughs) like. (laughs) And then she sings this song called Songbird, where the lyrics are just like, oh, I love you. And she just sings, like, I love you, I love you, I love you, like, over and over again. And I'm like, we get it. She loves her. (laughs) Um, And then after the song ends, Brittany is like, so why can't you say that to me in front of everyone? I and was I was like, like not this again. <laughs> That's savage. Maybe is this good writing? Because like the writers are like, oh, teenagers kind of like have this weird concept about what love is. So that's why Brittany's always like, why won't you do like more public displays of affection? And Santana's like, also, this is kind of like a trope in queer media or Mm -hmm. in queer relationships really in general because obviously there's like this thing that exists where it's like the only person who should decide when and where and how and to whom to come out is like the person themselves who is coming out right 
And mm-hmm. so I think there's like this thing where it's like, well, I, I really, really like this person, but like, why do, why can't I have this like public relationship that like straight couples can have so easily? And then it's like, well, why should I have to come out just for you? Like I should be able to come out at my own pace. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, we're both at, at different points in our whatever, like development journeys whatever you might say and it's like the timing just isn't right now and it's like but I really like you but the timing isn't right it's like one of us is gonna have to adjust for the other but we can't do that and so like maybe it's like improbable and uh, what is it Mm -hmm. maybe it's impractical and like not possible and all these things I feel like it's a it's a big trope too yeah which I don't know I think they're trying to make a movement where it's like let's step away from that and like because there's already so much of that Mm -hmm. And it's, like, people, I think now, especially in, like, YA books, are trying to just focus more on, like, oh, a nice romance between, like, two queer people. Mm-hmm. I think um, definitely the beginning, like, her first comment after Santana stopped singing where she was, like, well, then why can't you say it in front of everyone? I was, like, oh, no. But then, like, when it turned into, like, well, what about this? And Santana said, okay, I can do that. I was like, okay, I feel pretty reassured. And then Santana not showing up, I'm like, well, she's still kind of going through it. Like, she's not really ready yet. I don't really remember what Britney's reaction was to it, but I don't think it was like, oh, how could she do this? It was just kind of like, well, Santana is not here. Like, fuck. Which seemed pretty natural. A natural mm-hmm. progression of events, and I was relatively satisfied with it. Mm, I'm trying to remember. So, okay, what happens is that, like, it's a fondue for two show, mm-hmm. and Brittany is like, why don't you come on? I'll ask you out to prom, and all you have to do is say yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just, like, it feels bad that Brittany's always, like, focusing on you know just like being public with everything Mm -hmm. and it's like you know we just watched the prom on netflix also by ryan murphy that's not an easy thing to do and it's like both the prom and this kind of weird plot line it makes me feel like i don't know like okay you know if i were dating someone but they weren't comfortable with the relationship being public, I would not, like, be like, okay, but can we do it? Can we do it? Like, let's go public with it. I'd be like, you know what? If that's not what you're comfortable with, like, that's okay. And I think if it's something that I kind of am not comfortable with, then I'd just be like, you know what? This relationship's not working out for me. And I don't understand why, especially with, like, people who are not out yet, like you said, coming out is kind of like a very personal thing. And it's something you're going to have to do for the rest of your life. So I honestly feel like Brittany is not being the best in this situation. Yeah. I don't know. I think that there's parts of Brittany that are understandable to me. Like, I think if I wanted to date someone, but they were like, I don't want anyone to know, like not even our close friends or something like that like I don't think I'd be able to do it and I guess in that situation I would be like well I have to walk away from this but I imagine that too would be really really hard if I cared deeply for that person right like I would also feel stuck and I'm sure there are situations in which I would be like okay I guess there's this third option like we don't have to 
stay completely secret or just break up like what about telling a few people being a little more public like it would it would come up for me i would definitely say that to someone but if they were like Mm -hmm. no then i would be like okay i guess we have to not get together or something you know yeah i think think asking itself isn't a problem but the continued asking i'm like maybe you should give up (laughs) continued asking bad but also the fact that like santana allegedly pours out all her feelings in this song and the first thing britney asks is why couldn't you do this in front of everyone actually i think the first thing she says was that's beautiful oh okay but (laughs) like the butt makes it it's like all in one breath (laughs) i feel like that's such a bad thing like whenever there's like a butt i'm like why couldn't you lead with that Anyways, okay, so, like, there's that love... Tri- Whoa, I just realized. There's so many love triangles in this episode. Yeah, it's too many. After this love triangle, there's, like, the whole stupid thing with Rachel and Finn going to the motel to spy on Sam, and then they see, like, Kurt, but they also see Quinn. It's just completely, completely lost on me why they would need to be there together. Because Rachel suggested it and Finn said okay. Finn is so dumb. <laughs> Obviously. Remember last week with Tara, we were talking about, like, maybe Corey was just, like, too chill for his own good? Like, Finn, <laughs> I think, just too easily strung along. Yeah. And it's so obvious that, like, Rachel is kind of happy about it. Yeah. Ah! I don't like it. I Okay, you know how you were saying, like, oh, well, why not Brittany and Santana coming out to a couple people in the Glee Club since those are their close friends? This is why. Yeah, fuck We've the Glee Club. We've seen how the Glee Club sucks. <laughs> They're not yeah. good friends. They suck. Yeah, they suck. Like, they go to the lima bean, and they're like, I just can't believe that Kurt would cheat on Blaine. And then Quinn's like, well, that's not what's happening. And they're like, why are you so in- like oh why are you jumping to his defense and she's just like i'm not gonna say it like i know what yeah. you're trying to do but trust me that's not what's happening and they're like let's not trust her <laughs> like i do think though that is totally how rumor mills work rumor yeah. mills did that come out clearly mm-hmm. it sounded like it felt like i said that's so how rumor mills work like you're like oh my god guys blah 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 suddenly you're with a group of like 12 people and everyone's like oh my god Kurt's cheating on blaine that's wild and then like if quinn knows something but no she can't say anything like that is totally how someone would respond like with discretion and everyone's like well why are you being so vague why are you being so vague you must know something and she's like i do know something but you all can't know but you should trust me when i say it's not what you think and they're like oh my god this is crazy she's involved in it too like that's so how it works <laughs> yeah and then also kurt's response is really good because when rachel's like i know what you're doing he's like no you're just letting this assignment get to your head like mm-hmm. don't feed into the toxic gossip and i'm like yes kurt good way to deflect but then also like shut it down and then rachel of. says you're deflecting oh yeah <laughs> but yeah for but sure. she sucks i hate rachel in this episode i think she's like literally terrible yeah i agree there's a scene where like um quinn confronts finn because the muckraker is like oh they're spending time together and he's like okay but what about you and sam so they sing this duet and it's very charged and rachel <laughs> Honestly, makes I this didn't... Oh, go ahead. Huh? Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Complete, complete what you're I saying. I cannot understand, like, 
Like, I understood that it was charged, but I didn't understand, like, was it supposed to come through very clearly? Because it was showing everyone's reactions. And I was like, why does everyone look constipated? Like, what's going on <laughs> yeah. in this choir room? Yeah. I mean, yeah. when they were singing, they were making, like, really, like, agitated expressions with but each it, other. But, like, if I know anything about the Glee Club rumor mill, their faces would not look constipated. They would look maybe enticed. <laughs> I'd be like, ooh. ooh yeah. <laughs> anyways but like the thing that sucks about that number is that like it doesn't sound bad you know the only thing that's weird is that they keep keep like making like really passive aggressive like anyways and then when it ends no one claps and i'm like what yeah like like, it's a good song (laughs) i agree and then rachel's like i actually prefer to hear quinn sing with sam and i'm like why would you say that shut the fuck up She's Even so if I wanted annoying. to stir the pot, like if I were like, you know what, today I'm just going to decide to stir the pot and Rachel said that, I'd be like, shut up. Yeah. Dude, and then like Quinn kind of gets into it with her where like, okay, so after that, Rachel says, that's why like Ben and I should be the one to sing a duet since our harmonies go together. I was like, you are so dumb. And Quinn is like well, what if I want to sing a duet with my boyfriend? And Mr. Shu just is like, you can't police who gets duets and whatever. And I was like, so you're going to say that to Quinn, but not to Rachel? Okay, cool. Like, thanks for being useless. Like, basically, you said this when we were watching it, but like, Rachel is also policing who gets duets. The writers are like, oh, Mr. Shu's going to come across as a great teacher. But actually what he's doing is just like taking Rachel's side and letting her control everything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we're supposed to be like, oh, I mean, Rachel does have a point. She sounds good with Finn. But that's because no, no, no. they only give her duets with Finn. Like, we've never heard Finn sing with anyone else except for <sighs> Rachel and occasionally Quinn. Yep. But after that, it gets crazy. It gets fucking crazy because suddenly there's an ultimatum and Quinn's like, okay, well, Finn, if you want to stay committed to this relationship and be with me, that means no duets with Rachel. And I was like, that's not the answer. So weird. I'm just along for the ride at this point. Whatever. I I, like don't understand. Is this when Ryan Murphy just decided he hates Diana Agron? Like, I don't get it. Why, why are they all shitting on Quinn so much? Finn is giving her clear reasons to worry about their relationship mm-hmm. since he's, like, so susceptible to, like, Rachel's charm or whatever. Mm-hmm. But everyone's painting her out to be, like, crazy or, like, a little manipulative. When I'm like, I'm sorry, did Rachel not construct this entire ploy just to get her and Finn to hang out together after school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, like, Quinn absolutely gets painted as the villain like the possessive girlfriend she's probably cheating with sam and like fucking with rachel and it's just all for fun because she's whatever controlling but i do think that her (laughs) responses to rachel seem pretty proportional i'd be like this girl is fucking wild no one knows what she's gonna do next she will literally do anything and finn I can't trust him to not be like, okay. (laughs) So I got to be like, okay, no duets with Rachel. Peace. And then when she says to Schuster, like, 
I'm sorry, my relationship comes first. I'm like, well, that seems like a reasonable set of priorities to have. Mm -hmm. It's like so obnoxious to watch all of them talking about each other, pointing fingers, accusing, blah, blah, blah. Because really what we're seeing is watching all of them live in fear that they're going to cheat on each other with each other when in the past all of them have indeed cheated on each other with each other. And I'm like, all of you are stupid. All of you shouldn't trust each other. All of you should trust each other more. I don't know what's happening. It doesn't make any sense. Quinn's like, well, Finn, you've done it before with Rachel and I've done it before, but now you have to trust me. And he's like, well, I can't trust you because you did this before, but I did this before. And then she's like, well, what the fuck? And then Rachel's like, I'm here too. And blah, 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 da, 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 da. And it's just a big mess and I don't care. Yeah. That's true. I never really thought about it that way, but... Like, you know, Quinn gets a lot of shit for cheating on Finn, but tell me, was Finn not emotionally cheating on Quinn with Rachel, like, while they were together? Yeah. God, it's like, they're all hypocrites. (laughs) So Rachel then sings, um, You Can Go Your Own Way, and... The lyrics, again, so on the nose. It's basically like, ooh, I love you. And she sings it to Finn right in front of Quinn. And when the song ends, Quinn's like, kind of kind of sus that you're singing a love song to my boyfriend. Yeah, like Rachel doesn't even like glance at him. She literally faces her whole body toward Finn. Every And oh my God, the fact that they did not give an applause to Quinn and Finn. But when Rachel's done, they're like woo good song i'm like no and quinn's like bro what the fuck is happening that would be me i'd be like yeah quinn you're right this is weird like what grounds does rachel even have none ridiculous but after quinn says that rachel's like oh but you're such a hypocrite since you're cheating on finn with sam and then everyone is like yeah, what's up with that, Sam? I blame you. Like, that's not cool, man. And then Sam has to be like, okay, well, no one's cheating on anyone. I live in a motel and they're just helping me out. Are you happy now? The truth is out. And he leaves. And I'm like, fuck the glee club. They fuck suck. the glee club. <laughs> the thing that makes me so upset, though, about this episode is that, like, When they reveal Sam's predicament where his dad lost his job, they lost their house, they now have to live in a motel, it's like the two assholes who kind of like Mm -hmm. ruined his life at school are like, well, you can't quit Glee Club. Here's a guitar. Such a terrible response. Let's go to national, Sammy. And I'm like, shut up. He's like, dude, like, so much is happening in my life. I don't know if I can handle, like, continuing on with Glee Club right now. And what they say to him is, like, one, we need you, Sam. And two, you need the music. I'm like, (laughs) you need to shut up. You asshole. You need to shut up up he literally like in so many words he's like wow i am needed in too many places i'm stretched too thin i'm stretched uh, i'm stressed out and they're like we're here for you you can't quickly club you literally cannot you can't do it you can't and you know why it's because you need us i'm like wait what the fuck that is ridiculous and then they're like, we need you, Sam. And I'm like, what, you need him to sing backup for you guys? Like, mm-hmm. just have 
find some random person and just have them be the stand like sam's going through it he does not have time for this seriously and then he's like you all don't understand and they say yes we do here's your guitar (laughs) they're like here's your guitar again you don't understand and they're also like oh come on like sam like why don't you tell us and i'm like because you guys suck none of you are his friends throughout this entire season finn actively had been pursuing quinn while sam was still dating her he also like prayed to jesus that sam would not be quarterback so he could be quarterback and i'm like you guys are not friends that's why he didn't tell you yep and look there's a world in which the actions that rachel and finn took could be justifiable if they had talked to sam and sam expressed some sentiment like god i really really want to still be part of glee club like god i miss my guitar so much but it's not reasonable for me to like go buy it back now or like i just have too many things i need to do and they were like okay well like just because you have like a lot of things to do doesn't mean that you can't play music at all like we want music to still be a part of your life if you want it to be a part of your life that badly so what can we do to help you know quinn has already come in and babysit his like siblings you know maybe that gave him time to go to practice or do homework or work or whatever he needed to do practice music they could do something like that but instead they're like here another burden (laughs) go deal with it you know they don't really ask what can we do for you they don't ask his thoughts, his feelings, and then respond to that. They just kind of like show up and they're like, boohoo, sorry. And I really think that it's so inappropriate for them to be like, oh, like I, I can't remember exactly what Rachel says, but it's something like, oh, so you can like stay in the glee club until you get back up on your feet. Mm-mm. And it's like, Okay, Rachel, Glee Club might might be, like, super important to you, but think about all these other people who you've, like, pushed to the sidelines because of your own, like, I don't know, narcissism. Sam doesn't need it as much as you do, you know? And then Mm -hmm. the fact that you're so self-centered that you're like, oh, well, I mean, obviously he's going to want to stay in the Glee Club until his family finds a house. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's so backwards. How could she even say that with a straight face? It's like, obviously, first comes, like, getting back on your feet. And then if you, like, want to and can come back to Glee Club, we are always, always happy to have you back. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah, like, their role in this moment is not to just, like, I don't know, make assumptions. Like, I I, I feel like, like, what you're saying, you know, they need to give support and they need to be there for him and be like, anything you need, like, we can do that for you. They could ask him. Yes, they could ask him, but instead they're just like, hey, Sam, like, come to glee club and then we'll be there to support you but if you're not in glee club like uh, uh. not good and then sam cries in the scene and i'm like okay (laughs) like the scene makes me feel so conflicted yeah i do think there's some some great work done by mr cord over street in this episode though like acting wise like up until the point where he's kind of like you guys don't understand i was like yeah sam that's right 
and Cord was doing a great job with it. He seemed to... Anyway, yeah. I wanted to ask you, so you know how in an earlier scene, Rachel, like, asked Sam to prom, and he's like, you're oh, not yeah. my type. Yeah. At first, I was like, oh, because he's not, he's not interested in her. But then, is it supposed to be, like, foreshadowing, like, <gasps> Like, why is he so adamant about not going to prom? And now we know it's because financial reasons? He has oh. too much on his plate to think about prom? That's possible, yeah. He's like, oh, I don't if think it I'm is, going. I'm like, that was weird and random to include that so early on in the episode. I don't think it is, though. I think that's the sort of thing, like, I don't know if the writers meant this, okay? And I would like to believe that they didn't. But it's the sort of thing where it's like you don't ever know at any given moment what any person's going through, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. you could read it initially with the information we had as, like, no, fuck Rachel. This girl, mm-mm, not going to prom with her. But then at the end, he kind of adds, like, oh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going at all. And it's like, okay, you think nothing of it. You're like, well, I guess he just had to let her down easy or whatever it is, right? Or if you have the information that someone like Kurt or Quinn might have had, then you might have been like, oh right, he can't go to prom because of this, but obviously I'm not going to, like, go telling everyone in the halls and stuff. Anyway, I think it does a good job of functioning as kind of, like, both things. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, that happened. Maybe I should bring it up because that was random. I forgot about it. I actually really liked that scene. That's another time where I thought Sam was such a normal man, and I appreciated him for it. I know. And, like, Rachel gave him, like, chapstick, and I'm like, you really know nothing about this man, do you? (laughs) He was like, thanks for the lip chap. And I was like, Mm -hmm. the what? (laughs) (laughs) so the episode kind of ends with sam bringing his brother and sister to the glee club they sing Mm -hmm. don't stop and it's overall enjoyable except why did finn and rachel have to sing in it that's not cool not good and then the episode ends i thought that one small enjoyable detail was like when the kids come into the choir room you see like diana kind of like gesture to the younger sister and then she like sits in her lap and i'm like that makes sense because she babysits them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, now we have to talk about best song, worst song, but I kind of I don't have any strong opinions. That's a yeah. that's a um, you know, disclaimer. For no me the worst opinions. song is the song from the April Rhodes musical. It's so stupid. Does that even count? It counts. Okay. They like legit sing it. It's true. Um, the best song, I don't I can't really remember because I only sort of vaguely know Fleetwood Mac's like most famous songs in like a far away capacity. Um, I think it might have been the very first song in the episode where I was like, ooh, this is enjoyable. Dreams? Maybe Dreams. Wait, who sang it? April Rhodes and Will? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know about that. Maybe the last song? I don't really know. Okay, so for me, worst song? Mm, I'm sorry, Santana. When she sang Songbird, I kind of was like, this is boring. (laughs) And Artie's song is right there with the, like, 15 guitars. Well, it was nice to hear Kevin sing again. That is so true. I thought it was nice. The thing about Santana's song was that, like, it was weird. It sounded like she was singing live. Mm. And I was like, is she singing live? But then, like, the way that her mouth was moving, 
it, she was doing the most with the acting, but like mm. the voice coming out, I was like, this is so weird. Like, I can't tell if this is like singing up correctly or what. So that's mm. why it's worst song. Mm. Best song. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say the Quinn and Finn duet because oh, that's why didn't too, anyone yeah. clap? It was a good song. That's a great choice. Uh, and now MVP. And for me, obviously, I'm going to say... Actually, you know what? I'm going to say it's a three-way tie between Quinn, Kurt, and Sam. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I hate the fact that this episode kind of just like, you know, didn't really... Like, they were all kind of like shit on. Being, and that's not cool. Yeah, and they were all being normal and supportive of each other. Yeah. I would have to maybe agree with that. Again, like... I sort of went through my Rolodex of, like, characters. Like, who can I pick this time? I stopped on Terry a little bit. I thought she was kind of funny. I stopped on Sue a little bit because I still think the Muckraker content is, like, so, so funny. Like, Sue standing up Mm -hmm. in front of the classroom and just spewing bullshit. Very entertaining to me. But, yeah, I think it's going to have to go to Sam, Kurt, and Quinn. Anyways, that's the end of this week's episode. Next Mm -hmm. week, we're going to be watching... I think one of my favorite episodes from this season, Prom Queen. Finally, um, all this drama will be over. Yeah, Claire, how do you feel now that like Glee is kind of coming to an end? We're almost done with season two. <laughs> Glee only exists in season two. <laughs> yes, only season two. Um, I'm like, wow, we really made it. That was fun. Yeah. That's pretty much it. No deep thoughts. I think it is a fun time. I can't wait to watch next week's episode. Um, I'm Emily. I'm Claire. And now we're both telling the truth. And this has been Emily and Claire. Bye. Bye. <laughs>